Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Batter Listeners, welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 150 of A Pod of Their Own. Nice even number. I'm very excited. Um, I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Cerovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. We are also joined this week by a very special guest, Jason Klein, author of the new children's book, Yes, Pepper, Girls Play Baseball 2, just published this week and available wherever books are sold. Welcome to the show, Jason. We're so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me. Episode 150. This is a milestone podcast for you guys. Um, congratulations. And, and thank you so much for having me on. This is going to be great. Yeah, I, I, I like it, it was such a serendipitous thing that it happened to be episode 150. And we have Jason on. It's great. Um, and we're going to talk about <laughs> all about um, children's lit and uh, inspiring girls to play baseball and be involved in baseball. Um, and I'm so excited for this conversation. Like these um, are all my interests like coming together. <laughs> this is like this is literally the content that this podcast uh, was made for. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so Jason, uh, yes, Pepper was inspired by your oldest daughter, Ava. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the viral tweet, uh, about Ava and that spurred you to sort of write this book? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm lucky enough to have two incredible daughters. Um, Ava is 12 and my younger daughter, Jade, uh, Jade is eight. Um, and when Ava first had interest in signing up to play, um, she came to me and she asked me if baseball was a sport that girls can play too. 
And, uh, you know, my wife and I have made it a priority for both of our daughters to, um, you know, believe that, believe in themselves and, and to always do what makes them happy. Um, so when she asked me that question, I could tell that she had some doubts and uh, I wanted to really kind of build up her confidence and show her how many people out there supported the idea of girls playing baseball. Um, so as a little experiment, um, I went on Twitter and I posted about her concerns and I was looking for people to retweet um, if they agreed that baseball was a sport for girls. And, you know, I, I would have been happy with a handful of responses and, you know, just something to go back to Ava and, and motivate her a little bit. And uh, the tweet ends up going viral. Um, I heard from over 100,000 people. Um, it, it started with Jessica Mendoza and Monet Davis. They both reached out to me, um, obviously two huge names in women's baseball. Um, then Major League Baseball, Little League International, uh, USA Women's Baseball, they all checked in with me. Um, the Washington Post contacted me and, and wrote a feature piece on us. Uh, so it was, it was overwhelming. Um, the response was really humbling. And, uh, but what, what was crazy is that aside from like all the celebrities and athletes I heard from, um, the thing that really made the biggest impact on me were the thousands of everyday parents who, who personally reached out to me. Um, they not only wanted to encourage Ava to play baseball, but they, they also wanted to share their personal stories about their own daughters playing. Uh, and, and that, like, after I heard all that, I knew there was a need for a book like this. And, and that really motivated me to write, uh, write Yes, Pepper. Well, that's what uh, I kind of love about it is that it's baseball and not softball because everybody, you know, for me growing up, the only time I saw women playing a sport that resembled baseball was softball. Sure. And um, because of the Olympics, like that was always, it seemed like that was like the girl version of baseball. So, but they're not the same sport. So I like that, you know, this is focused solely on baseball and not softball, which people more associate with women. I think maybe it is because of the Olympics, because that's the only time you see, you know, women on a, on a diamond playing a similar sport. So is that like, so did your daughter, did she know there was a difference between baseball and softball? Was she interested in softball or was it just pure baseball all the time, like from the start? So what's interesting is that um, in my hometown, we don't have a softball league specifically for kids. Um, so either you're, you're playing Little League baseball, girls or boys, um, or you're going to a neighboring town to play. And, um, you know, so we, we wanted to sign up for baseball. She had interest in, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I've always been a big baseball fan. So sharing that with her is, is a passion of mine and she enjoys it as well. So she, she knew that there was no softball and, and we really didn't even like think about it uh, in those terms. It was more like, this is a sport that we, that you can play. And uh, she wanted to give it a try. So we signed her up and uh, you know, she had that initial concern, which we moved past thankfully and uh and she had a lot of fun and, and now my little one is playing too so um but yeah we don't have specifically a softball league in our town that's interesting so, yeah yeah because usually it's always softball that you that seems is the focus and not not baseball yeah so that is interesting that there wasn't that option for her mm -hmm. it's interesting how things have changed even since we were kids, Linda, because yeah. I um 
growing up, like I, I didn't have like baseball was not an option for, for girls in no, it wasn't my hometown. Um, I grew up in the tri-state area also, and like, it was not an option. It was softball or, or, you know, obviously you could play other sports, but like, it was like softball was the only option. I played one season of softball in sixth grade before I realized it was not my, uh, not where my athletic <laughs> talents lay. I stuck with <laughs> soccer my entire life and I, I, I have no hand-eye coordination, only foot-eye coordination as it turns out. So, um, <laughs> with baseball, I just spectate, but, sure. um, uh, let's get into um, the story of Yes Pepper um, and what yeah. it's about. So, um, I mean, yeah, folks can intuit that it is about a, a girl who wants to play baseball. But specifically, Yes Pepper is about a girl named Abby who loves eating peppers, which is part of the reason why it's called Yes Pepper. We'll get into the other reason in a little while. But um, she faces, you know, some obstacles and like, you know, some mocking from her peers for wanting to play baseball. So can you talk a little bit about Abby's story without, you know, spoiling the whole book for everyone? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I wrote Yes Pepper to empower young girls um, who want to play baseball. Uh, but the book's message of inclusion kind of goes beyond the game. Um, it's, it's more or less a, a lesson in decency and, and being respectful of others who, who might be a little different than you are. Um, it's a great read for anybody who might struggle with self-doubt, insecurities. Um, maybe they feel like they don't belong somewhere. This is a story for them. Um, the main character, Abby, does have trouble fitting in. She's a little bit different from her peers. Uh, she loves baseball, but the boys in her grade tell her that she can't play because she's a girl. Um, so naturally, you know, hearing this from your friends kind of leaves her feeling lonely and, and a little bit like an outcast. So the book kind of follows her journey as she overcomes these initial insecurities. Uh, she accepts what makes her different and then ultimately gains the confidence she needs to go play. And uh, I think readers will, will really find the ending to be very inspirational, um, you know, obviously without giving it away, as you said. Um, it, it is the intention is to inspire and to, you know, to build confidence for, um, you know, for the reader. So I, I hope that I accomplish that from the feedback I've gotten so far has been really positive and um, I'm excited about it. Uh, you did talk about about how, you know, the response to the viral tweet. So there was a need for, you know, a book like this. Um, so what do you think is the importance of having characters like Abby for girls to relate to? And did you notice um, an absence of female baseball heroines in children's literature leading up to this point? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I think I'll answer the, the last part first. Um, I mean, baseball, like I said earlier, baseball has always been a passion of mine. Um, I grew up going to games with my dad and it was something I wanted to share with my own children. And, um, you know, I know this is usually a, a Mets podcast, but as a side note, um, I made sure to take Jade to her first Yankees game in 2014. Um, I wanted her to, to be able to say one day that she saw Derek Jeter play live before he retired. And at the time, Jade was only six months old. Um, but I got her in the building and no one can ever take that. <laughs> away. So, um, I'm glad I did that for her. But, um, but anyway, when I had my daughters, I started looking for baseball books to read to them and I had a hard time finding any that were relevant for girls. Um, so I decided to write my own. And um, I think that Abby is a really important character for young girls because I think, I think that Abby's real. Like she, her struggles are genuine. 
Um, I think they're very relatable. She has insecurities and self-doubts just like everybody else. And a lot of those worries, as she finds out later in the story, are kind of all in her head. Um, her journey teaches young girls to, to believe in themselves and to do what makes them happy, regardless of any pushback from society. So, um, and, and honestly, I think her story is, is actually an important one for boys to read too. Um, it's kind of like a blueprint on how to be more accepting and treat others with respect rather than outcast somebody just because they might be different than you are. So um, I have, I've had a lot of parents reach out to me so far um, through social media telling me that they, they have a copy for their sons, they have you know, a copy for their daughters and everybody you know, has kind of given me the same feedback that it's, it's just a very positive, feel good story that, um, you know, that, that has a lot of benefits for a lot of people. And, and that was really my intention in writing the story. Yeah, that's really great. I we we um we talked to um the author of Baseball's Leading Lady um on this podcast not too long ago. Um and I'm thinking about like as your girls get older and as you know uh these this new generation of girls gets older like that is that is another book that they can look to but that's like more for, you know, it's not for little kids. It's for like yeah. a little bit older readers, but I'm glad that more and more is being filled out in, in for younger readers. And you know, that stories are being told like that of F a manly and like women's stories who haven't been told before um, in, in baseball, like lore. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's important at a young age to, to instill that confidence and, and normalize it. And uh, you know, if, if, young girls like my daughters, uh, you know, or any other young girl out there grows up thinking that they can't do something because of society. Um, you know, they're at a disadvantage from the beginning. So to be able to, to, you know, give that positivity from such an early age, I think is important. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that my book to some small degree is, is helping to do that. Well, it's also funny. You mentioned confidence. Um, because, you know, I'm just thinking back to, you know, my experience growing up. And for me, like, it was almost embarrassing to like baseball because that was what boys did. And like, boys were into that. And so like, I had like, really no, like, I kind of felt embarrassed to like share my love of it with like other girls and like other girls, or if you liked it, you were supposed to be dumb and be like, oh, they play with a ball. What's that? Like, but now just seeing this next generation, my niece fell in love with the Mets this year. Like she was always a Met fan, but like this was the year she really got into it. She's nine and she loves talking about the game. She knows all the players. She, she loves Pete Alonso. She bought her, her teacher is a Met fan. So she was so excited to get her teacher and for Christmas, she bought her teacher a Francisco Lindor Funko. So I'm glad like, it's being normalized more for girls that it's not something like it's okay to like sports if you're a girl it's okay to like baseball if you're a girl it's like not it, there's no shame in that and which is Absolutely. what my experience was growing up yeah, yeah. I, I agree I mean it, it's great points and it's something that you know like you said it's being normalized and I think that's a good thing for for everybody um because you know nobody should feel like they're you know, doing something that they love or, 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 you know, being involved in something that makes them happy. No one should feel like that makes them an outcast or makes them different. Everybody should, should have the freedom to do something that they enjoy. 
it's wild because like thinking back now, like growing up, I didn't really have any friends who were who were girls who liked baseball as much as I did. The like all my friends who I talked about baseball with were were boys. Um, and the like I didn't meet other women who were as passionate about baseball as me until I was like in college. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I obviously knew a lot of gr- I, I grew up around a lot of girls who played sports, a lot of girls who were uh, like athletic and enjoyed sports. But it specifically baseball was not a thing that I shared with my female peers until, you know, um, until like early adulthood, basically, which is crazy to think about. Um, and I'm glad that that's changing for for young girls now. Absolutely. Um, so we talked about the, we alluded to the title of the book a little bit, um, and its inspiration. Um, yes, Pepper is in part a play on Abby's nickname because she loves peppers. That's the other thing about her besides her love of baseball is that she loves peppers. Um, but it also has a deeper meaning, um, as well. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the inspiration for the title of the book? Definitely. Um, so as you mentioned, Pepper is a nickname that the kids at school give to Abby, Um, the other kids in her grade bring, you know, things like pretzels and chips for snack and, uh, Abby brings peppers and right from the start, this kind of foreshadows a little bit, some of what makes Abby different from the rest of the kids at school. Um, so the title, yes, pepper plays off of that. Um, as well as the, those signs that hang at some ballparks, they were, they're more popular years ago, but, um, a lot of stadiums and, and ballparks have those signs that read no pepper that hang um, on the on the fence or, you know, near the dugout. And pepper is for, for those who, who aren't familiar with the game or the drill. Um, pepper is a common baseball drill um, that players, usually kids, use to improve alertness and hand-eye coordination. Um, and basically what you're doing is you're, you're hitting the ball repeatedly into the ground. The object is to hit ground balls. And if you hit a, a pop fly and it gets caught, then you're essentially out and you have to switch places with the fielder. Um, so because you're repeatedly hitting the ball into the turf, um, it's banned in a lot of ballparks uh, because of the damage it can do. So, but still kids love it. It's a very popular activity. And the cool thing about Pepper is that it's something that anybody can do, um, regardless of your height, strength, speed, and of course, gender. Um, so to me, that was kind of a natural fit to, to kind of incorporate that into the title and obviously flip it from the no pepper, which has the negative connotation, um, to yes pepper and which has so many meanings to the overall story as far as, you know, yes, pepper, yes, Abby, you can go play baseball and just have a a positive connotation. Um, so I thought that worked really well. And obviously, you know, going back to her, her love of eating peppers that obviously plays into it as well. Um, I love that. I love that double meaning because I, I didn't know too. about the pepper drill. I didn't know that until until I encountered your book and uh, and the, the notes about the book. I didn't know anything about the pepper drill. So that's really, really cool. I love that. Yeah, I totally forgot because my dad played softball. So I growing as a kid, so I would always go to his games. And now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, there was always signs saying no pepper. <laughs> and yeah. I never understood what that meant. <laughs> so like, so oh. Yeah, well, like, I do. Oh, that's perfect. Now that you mention it, <laughs> I, I did include it in the back of the book. I have a, a little author's note that kind of explains it also and, and the double meaning, just in case it goes over somebody's head. But 
Um, you know, I wanted it to kind of be subtle. There, there's no like major mention to Pepper throughout the story as far as the, the, the drill goes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there is a note in the back that kind of explains it to everybody. Um, obviously this is, you know, an all female podcast and, um, we talk a lot about how, um, major league baseball can, you know, make, uh, be a little bit more inclusive for, for women from the front offices, the on-field coaching staff, journalists, reporters, um, owners even the first owner of the Mets was a woman and um now we have uh, um Mrs. Cohen is part owner um so obviously a big part of women becoming more involved in baseball is cultivating a love for the game at you know at an early age and having role models um so how do you think they can be more inclusive and in having role models for girls of of your girl's age or just you know all all girls who love the game yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to what we said earlier, um, just normalizing it, making it um, more real for these young girls to see that that's something that is is open to them and it's possible. Um, I think MLB is making nice strides. Um, they obviously still have a lot of work to do. Uh, in recent years, women have definitely made some advances in the game. Um, now there's so many you know great role models for these young girls to look up to who are in the game. Uh, I mean, this past season we saw somebody like Kelsey Whitmore um, play for the Atlantic League, and then again in August she played with USA Women's Baseball. Um, Rachel Balkovic is managing down in Tampa within the Yankees organization. Um, Elizabeth Ben, I know you guys had spoken to her on a previous podcast. Yes, uh, we love yes. Elizabeth. She, she's the director of, of baseball operations for the Mets. Um, you know, Susan Waldman, I grew up listening to her call Yankee games and, and she was just inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. Um, so, I mean, you know, even a podcast like this that you guys do, uh, this is a great example for young girls who might want to get into broadcasting at some point. So, you know, I, I'm hoping my book can inspire, you know, in a similar fashion. Um, but I think that the you know, the ball's in motion. It's, it's getting there where it's becoming more normal. There are a lot more examples of women in the game at a professional level. And it feels like every year that passes, it grows just a little bit more. And, uh, you know, as long as progress is being made, I think that's, what's important. Um, it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be, um, you know, to the point where everybody's satisfied, but it's, it's getting there. And I think, like I said, it, it's just got to keep growing and the, the more women who, who pop up in different levels of baseball, uh, the more normal it'll become and, uh, and the more role models there will be. Yeah. We did have um, a guest on from, I believe it was Baseball for All. Um, Allison, maybe you can refresh my memory, but I remember talking to them and they were saying baseball is the only sport right now that doesn't have female officials. Um, there's female referees in football, uh, basketball, hockey has one in the AHL, which is their minors, um, but there's no female umpires. Um, so I feel like that would also, because you, you are seeing some more women on the field in like coaching capacity, but just seeing a woman on the field during the field of play, I think would also go a long way to help normalize that too. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's nobody at the professional level um, who has umpired. There have been some female umpires in the past. Um, one of them has been actually very supportive of uh, of my book on social media, um, Perry Barber, who is a um, she's a female umpire, and she she's been all over my book and, and, you know, been promoting, she bought a bunch of copies to, to give as uh, giveaways. And, um, you know, so there are examples, but it's, I don't think at the major league level, there have ever been, there's ever been a female umpire. That's for sure. Yeah. That was the folks at the international women's baseball center, Linda. Oh, Um, They were the ones that we were talking to about the uh, female umpires and the fact that, you know, you you look at you look at other uh, major American men's sports, you know, like the men's leagues in in like basketball, for example, you look at men's football, the NFL, um, and you see female officials on on the on the field of play or court, as is the case of basketball. But like, that's not that's glaringly not the case in baseball. Um, Sure. But we are moving in in the right direction, as you said, Jason, and hopefully that'll continue. Um, and I think I mean, I th- I don't think it's crazy to think that, like, you know, in my life, there's going to be a female umpire. And I don't think it's crazy. I think it's I don't think it's crazy to say that in my life, there may even be a female Major League Baseball player someday. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're heading in that direction. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, Ke- you know, Kelsey Whitmore played at the professional level and, uh, you know, she they're just breaking barriers every year and um you know it'll happen at some point it'll happen yeah um i do feel the need unfortunately to mention the fact since we're talking about progress that major league baseball is making got to keep ourselves honest too um we uh, we uh, we on the podcast you you all know that we've we've we talk about um issues that come up in uh, in major league baseball and the ongoing saga saga of trevor bauer continues to be a story that is front and center um we are not ignoring it we promise we've just had lots of interesting guests on and we want to feature them and not feature uh, someone who I'd rather not discuss, but I do feel the need to mention it really quickly since um, he uh, recently is is able to return was able to return to baseball because his suspension was uh, shortened by an independent arbiter. So um, now now the question remains of whether he will be signed by a team. Um, thank baseball, Jesus, God, whatever you believe in, like forces that be. Thank uh, all the lucky stars that the Mets and the Yankees have both already said that they are not going to sign Trevor Bauer. Um, But the fact remains that there may be some team out there that is both cheap enough and I guess like morally corrupt enough (laughs) that it might happen. Um, And if it does, we will cover it on the podcast. But there there is progress and there are still areas that need to be improved because if baseball is going to be um, a welcoming environment to women uh, players like Trevor Bauer need to be pariahs um, in the sport. And I think I, I, I still have, I have hope. I really think that he is the first example of like a true pariah because of domestic violence that the sport has seen. I don't know. I don't know if you think the same Jason. Um, well, I, I mean, listen, I hope you're right. Um, I, I, unfortunately we, we do live in a society where winning and athletic talent are at a premium. And, uh, you know, sometimes if you're really talented and and you can help a team win, um, unfortunately your character kind of gets overlooked and, uh, 
you know, what Bauer did was obviously disgusting. There's no need to get into the details. Um, and I, I don't think he necessarily should get or deserves another chance. Um, would I want him on my team? I mean, absolutely not. Uh, but unfortunately, I think if he can still pitch at a high level, you're like you said, there might be some team that's, you know, cheap enough to, to give him that chance. And, um, you know, we've seen it happen time and time in sports again, where, where, you know, people have gotten those second chances. It's unfortunate, but I think it's reality. And, um, you know, but, but who knows, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm, you know, that you're right. And, and this could be kind of that example setting circumstance where he doesn't get the second opportunity. Yeah. Well, I, what also, I think it was Heyman who tweeted that the Dodgers, I guess, considered bringing him back, but then they thought that he would be too much of a pariah in the clubhouse. So they decided no. And I think that's where it needs to come from because baseball is shown time and time again, they won't do the right thing, even mm-hmm. though it's obvious, but if it comes from your peers, I think that's where the change needs to come from. It come, needs to come from within. And if there's enough people in the game itself, enough players to say no, then maybe that's how the change comes. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast time and time again, that, um, you know, that, it makes a huge difference when it's coming from your peers versus because we can't, unfortunately we can't trust teams to be moral actors in, in these cases. Um, They are going to dollars per war, the thing to death. Um, But if, if it's really true and he is like a considered an outcast or a pariah by his peers, then that makes a huge difference because that's really the only thing, unfortunately, that will change behavior because clearly, I mean, Major League Baseball has a domestic violence policy um, and the, the players risk suspension if they violate it and players continue to violate it. Um, so punishment in that way is not always enough of a deterrent, but to, if you come back from a suspension and know you won't be welcomed back by your peers and teammates, that is going to make a huge difference, I think. Um, and to see this example might 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 push the needle a little bit. At least I'm hoping it will. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think we're all hoping that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I have to ask. Um, so 
is is first of all is Ava still playing baseball and secondly we I know you mentioned your other daughter Jade um and she is starting to get into baseball too now and she is uh, at least last season was the only girl on our te- on her team so we were wondering um how how Jade is adjusting to being quote different like Abby in the book um if she is adjusting well to you know uh, standing out from the crowd so to speak uh so I I, I was wondering if you had an update for us on how they're doing in baseball definitely um so ava actually did not play this past season um she's she might go back and play it again in the spring um i i did coach jade this past season um and uh, like you said she was the only girl on the team but she had a great season um you know she's she's only eight uh but she was the only girl on the team and she fit in perfectly i mean luckily the the kids on our team the um, the boys, you know, they didn't treat her like she was a girl on the team. They, they treated her like a teammate and, um, they're very accept accepting. The parents are great. Um, everyone roots for each other. And, you know, one of the things that we try to stress as coaches in, in the little league is, you know, we just want to create a really fun, inclusive environment. You know, I think at this age, you know, when they're, when they're this young and they're just getting involved in the game, that's, that's, what's most important is to have fun. We don't even worry about the score or anything like that. It's just a matter of go out, learn the game, have fun, enjoy yourself. And, um, you know, I think the, all the kids kind of view it in that regard, which is nice. And, um, you know, very low pressurized situation. And, and she, she loves it. She, she, she's learning to, to hit and throw and, and learning some of the, the rules of the game, base running. And, um, you know, like I said, she's a teammate to them. And that, that's really all I could ask for. That's great. It's good that you say that because I remember we did talk to Elizabeth then and we said, you know, how was her experience being a woman within baseball? And she said, it, you know, even at the professional level, it was something similar. Like nobody treated her differently. They welcomed her ideas. She was just a member of the team. So it seems like, you know, even as, you know, you go up, um, into, you know, the professional ranks, like it is becoming more normalized to see a woman around the game now. So it's good that, you know, even in, you know, in the, in when they're just starting out, like it's not considered weird and it's just, you know, another player on the team. Yeah. And that, and that's a, a concept I really tried to stress in the book as well, um, to make it, you know, make it apparent that, a a girl can play baseball and fit in just the same as, as a boy can. And, um, you know, like we discussed earlier, stressing that point from an early age, as they, as they grow up, you know, the point is to make that seem normal and not necessarily seem normal, but be normal. And, um, so I really tried to focus on that point and that concept throughout the story. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, since you're a Yankees fan, as you mentioned earlier, and this is a Mets podcast, we ha- we do ha- are obligated. First of all, we forgive you. Um, <laughs> second of all, 
Uh, we do have to engage in at least a little friendly banter. Um, we're actually in a really fun time right now. I mean, despite the recent goings on with the Mets, which Linda and I will cover in a future podcast, the fact remains that the New York to. Mets will be good this year in theory, <laughs> regardless of whether Carlos Correa is on the team or not. The Mets are still pretty well positioned. Um, and we're in a really fun era right now where both New York baseball teams are good at the same time, which hasn't happened in quite a while. Um, so, uh, Jason, which, which New York team do you think will end up with the better record in 2023, the Yankees or the Mets? <laughs> well, let me say this. Um, I, I obviously, I grew up with the Yankees in the late nineties. Um, so I've been, so did we, unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, so did we, <laughs> <laughs> I still have, I still have my Jeter and my Bernie and my, my Mariano on the wall. So um, you know, I grew up with those guys. I'm, I'm a Yan- Yankee season ticket holder. Um, I've been a fan my whole life. Um, that said, I, I really have no ill will towards the Mets. Um, in fact, Buck Showalter is my favorite manager of all time. Um, a funny story when, when the Yankees let him go after the 95 season, um, I don't know if you remember, he, he took them to the division series with Seattle. And at the time, that was the, the furthest I'd ever seen the Yankees advance in the postseason. Um, I was devastated when they didn't bring Buck back. And uh, when he signed with Arizona a couple of years later, I actually had my parents buy me a Diamondbacks hat in protest. And <laughs> to, this, to this day, it's the only non-Yankees MLB apparel that I own. Wow. Amazing. So as long as Buck is the manager of the Mets, I'll root for them to succeed. Um, just not against the Yankees, of course. Um, but I, you know, I like what the Mets have done, obviously, you know, after your experience with the previous owners, um, to have a guy like Cohen come in and and spend the money that he's spending. Um, it's exciting. Um, they're going to be a good team for a while and I can't see him letting them be anything but that. And, um, I think it'll be fun to have both teams, you know, competing for a postseason play every year. And, um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are Mets fans who are excited about it. And uh, I think they should be. I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun. Obviously, not counting Correa. Let's leave him for another podcast. But um, I think the Mets are in good position to succeed for a while. So what is your view on Steve Cohen? Because I know that I, my, my whole, like half my Yankee, my, uh, my family's Yankee fans, half of them are Met fans. And then my mom is from Philly. So they're all Philly fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and I know a lot of them are like, are used to George Steinberg. He was the Cohen growing up, you know, the mm-hmm. evil empire. He was buying all the free agents. So, is your view kind of like he's the new Steinbrenner? Are you angry he's the new Steinbrenner? Because then I hear Yankee fans saying George would never let this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, is it a weird that it's kind of flipped that way now? It's interesting. Um, I I don't I certainly don't don't hate him. I think what he's doing is he's playing within the rules. Um, he has the money to spend. Um, and I think what, what would anger me more is rooting for a team that didn't do this, yeah. um, that, yeah. that took in the money and didn't put it back into the team. Um, you know, if you're an owner of a major league, t- major league team, you kind of have an inherent responsibility to your fans to spend the money on the players and to, you know, to invest in your, 
in, in your investment. And, um, you know, so it's the owners who don't spend the money that I think are more aggravating than guys like Cohen. I, I think what he's doing, like I said, it's within the rules. Um, he's, he's putting a product on the field that his fan base who, you know, tickets are not cheap. Concessions are not cheap. You know, to go to a game obviously is expensive. So the money's coming from somewhere and it's going somewhere. So I'd much rather see it go into the team and, and the players than just sit in the owner's wallet. And, uh, you know, and I think he recognized that certainly he has enough money to go around, but um, he he's making it very exciting for Mets fans. And, you know, listen, I'm a Yankee fan, but I can say Mets fans deserve it. They, they deserve to have a little bit of fun. And, um, you know, during football season, I know this is a baseball podcast, but I'm, I'm a Jets fan. So I've had a rough, uh. <laughs> a rough experience rooting for them. But, you know, so to see my friends who are Mets fans now enjoy their baseball team. I'm jealous of that from a football standpoint. Um, but uh, I think you guys, like I said, you're, you're in great shape going forward. As a Jets fan. So you do know a little bit of sports pain. <laughs> a little bit. My, little my, little bit of sports my winters pain. are brutal. My summers are usually fun. <laughs> um, yeah. It's interesting because uh, growing up, like, you know, like Linda and I just said, just, just joked about, like, we grew up with the nineties Yankees too, as, as, as Mets fans on the other side of it. And I think as a kid, before I really understood like how major league baseball works and before I understood like, you know, labor relations and things like that, like as an adult, sure. I was always like, I hated the Yankees. Obviously yeah. they were the evil empire. They, they bought the, we're the Mets. We're plucky underdogs. We don't need to buy <laughs> championships to be good. Spoiler alert. The Mets still haven't won a championship in my lifetime. So, um, <laughs> and now that, you know, the Mets are, the Mets have the richest owner in baseball and they're throwing their big pocketbooks around. I'm kind like wait a minute like I grew up hating the other side for having this this rules like <laughs> like I I can't and so like you know there's never going to be any love lost between the Met, like on the Mets side for the Yankees but like I I get it now a little more <laughs> like I get it now that like my owner is the one doing it also I mean like the the way the Correa thing played out um like Steve Cohen, like bra basically bragging about John Heyman, uh, bragging to John Heyman about the deal before it was like fully done and dusted right. with the medicals is like that was an extremely George Steinbrenner moment. I thought definitely. I was Definitely. like, this feels like something that George Steinbrenner would have done. And like, that is, I feel like that's the only like catch of having like you, you much prefer a George Steiner Steinbrenner to a Jeff Fred Wilpon. You much prefer it. Uh, but there is, there is that sort of downside, which is that like, you'd rather have the rich meddlesome owner than the not as rich meddlesome owner. But then, you know, you have that, the catch is that sometimes you have those moments like that. And I feel like that's something that George Steinbrenner might have pulled too. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's like now I'm suddenly realizing, like, oh wait, signing free agents is fun. Getting it's cool. stars is fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's cool. Have, yeah. And and have, and being a and being a team that like free agents want to play for like that's the other thing is like the Mets were never I mean New York the city was a premier destination but the Mets were not a premier destination no, I feel like no, that's no, kind no. of changing unless you were like trying to like one last gasp as like you're an aging star Adrian Gonzalez <laughs> yeah if you were Adrian Gonzalez who's a former all-star and you wanted one last go 
at it to see recapture that glory than the Mets were for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, the Mets are a destination now. And uh, I think, you know, he's a major reason why. And, um, you know, good players want to play with other good players. So the the more these guys come together and, and, you know, form these quote unquote super teams, I think it's, uh, you know, the Mets are are now a destination and, and, you know, a team that's going to compete for headlines with the Yankees. So. And as much as I would like the like New York tabloid back pages to ourselves for a change, like it would be some, you know, it would be some sweet relief for the Mets to be like way better than the Yankees and the Yankees to be in the basement and the Mets to be on top. But I think it is better for New York when both teams are good. If I'm being perfectly honest, it is better. It's more fun. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that in back in 2000, that was some of the most incredible baseball that, you know, that we experienced and uh, you know, to, to, potentially relive that kind of thing you know that kind of circumstance again I think would be fascinating I don't know what you're talking about they canceled the world series that year (laughs) (laughs) Uh, now the Mets just need to extend Pete Alonso so that Aaron Judge and Pete Alonso can keep having contests of who can hit the ball further more often (laughs) just be a mash dinger (laughs) For for the next decade just mashing dingers in New York that will be so fun um Jason, tell our listeners where they can buy the book um, and where they can find your work um, on the internet. Definitely. Um, So you can get the book pretty much anywhere books are sold at this point. Um, It's available on my website. Um, It's byjasonkline.com. You can also get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, um, you know, all the major book retailers. Um, If you want to find me on social media, you can connect with me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at by Jason Klein. Um, I'm also at Yes Pepper Book. Um, so you can find me that way. And uh, if you want to read any of my work, you can you can read it on my website as well by jasonkline.com. Um, and we will link uh, links to the to the book uh, to Jason's website. And we'll also link the Washington Post piece um, when we when we put when we post this show in the show notes. So keep Perfect. a lookout for that. Um, before we, uh, end the show, uh, we will do walk off wins. Like we always do where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise Jason Klein, what is your walk off win? Ooh, my walk off win. Um, well, I'm talking to you guys. Um, I think that's a win for me. Uh, five years ago, I sat down in front of my computer and I opened a blank word document. And I started to write and I worked really hard for almost about five years to create something that I hope will build confidence for young girls like my two daughters. So I'm proud of the story that I wrote. I'm proud of the message that it sends. And, um, you know, and now it's this week, this past Tuesday, the book went live on all the major retail platforms, like I mentioned. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I I think that's got to be my walk off win for this week. Yeah. Yes. I, like seeing your name in print must be like an in, like an insanely surreal feeling. <laughs> it, it's exciting. I mean, you know, like I said, I worked on this for a long time. I, uh, you know, it, it took me through the pandemic. Um, my kids basically, you know, like I said, they're 12 and eight. Um, they grew up with me working on this and for them to be able to see it, like Jade took, took the book this week to her school and donated it to this to the elementary school library 
And uh, her friends were all asking like if they could take it out from the library. And (laughs) to have her walk into that school with with the book was such a proud moment for her and a proud moment for me. And, um, you know, so so yes, it, it definitely is cool to see this idea that I had, you know, that started on a Word doc actually be a book now. It's, it's, the whole thing is pretty cool. That's really awesome. Yeah. Nothing's more terrifying than a blank page staring at <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Linda and I have both uh, contributed to the baseball prospectus annual uh, in the past. And so we, we know what that's like, <laughs> at least it like, it's a completely different type of writing, but like, we know the perspective of just being like, Oh, how do I even begin here? Um, but yeah, I guess I guess I can transit I can transition that into my own walk off win because that is kind of part of it. Um, uh, I because I don't think I've actually announced uh, it publicly, so I will now. Uh, part of my walk off win is that the baseball prospectus uh, 20, uh, 2023 annual is at the printers and my name will be in it. Um, I wrote the Mets comments uh, for this year's BP annual. Um, and so you will find my name in the Mets chapter. Um, which is insane because the essay writer for the Mets chapter is the inimitable David Roth. So to have oh, wow. my name next to David Roth is pretty nuts. <laughs> David the Roth comments are Spectre. hard. I did that that one year that you wrote for the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. Um, in some ways, I mean, like now that I've done both the essay, I did the essay for the Orioles chapter in 2019. Um, and I've done the comments this year and it's hard to say which one is harder. Obviously the essay is a lot more words. Um, it's a lot longer form. Um, but the comments were harder in a lot of ways. Because you have Um, to be quippy in like a short, like you only have a couple sentences and you have to be quippy. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I've run out of witty things to say about <laughs> Darren Ruff. Like, forgive me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I hope that people um, order that book uh, uh, in addition to uh, Jason's book. I hope that people check out the Baseball Prospectus Annual. There are so many talented writers in it. So please check it out. Um, the other sort of half of my walk-off win, um, speaking of uh, cultivating baseball fans at a very early age baseball play potentially baseball players um michael's sister is um due to have a baby soon um and this weekend is her baby shower um we do michael and i do not yet they know the sex of the child michael and i do not know the sex of the child they're not telling anyone which is cool that is their that is their right and i'm excited to be surprised um for little little niece or nephew uh to come um but um we are you know this weekend's the baby shower so we got them gifts and uh they asked for um in lieu of um you know cards that come with the gifts they asked for each one of us to get a book and to to, like write a note inside the book so we got uh Mets ABCs (laughs) for the for the baby um, so we are very excited and we got a, a little Mets beanie too, a little tiny Mets beanie. It's like so, so tiny. I love baby clothes cause they're so tiny. Um, so we got a little Mets beanie and we're very excited to, uh, raise this child as it, to be the crazy, uh, baseball aunt and uncle, uh, from a very early age. So that's the other part of my walk-off win is that hopefully this, this child will be as, uh, into baseball as we are, or they'll completely rebel against it and hate it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Um, and that is whatever the child wants, that is their right. Um, so that's, that's my walk-off win. 
Um, Linda Cerovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, my walk-off win was, um, well, part of my Christmas present from my sister. Um, there's a Titanic exhibit in the city and she bought me tickets. So we went to go see the Titanic exhibit, um, this past Sunday. Um, cause when I was a kid, I don't know how I discovered Titanic. Um, but then, you know, as a kid, once you just discover something and you're interested in in it you have to read every single book on it you have to you know just know everything there is to know about it so that was me like every book every like the scholastic book fair I had to buy books on the Titanic and then um so then we just happened to go to the movie theater one day and we saw a poster my mom goes oh look a movie is coming out about Titanic I said no what a, what a coincidence not knowing what a phenomenon this movie would become and I still have my original ticket stuff we went January 1st 1998 and the ticket cost me five dollars wow um and then when they re-released it in 3d I was like we have to go so I have both ticket stubs um so that that makes me happy um so but the was so when we saw that there was going to be an exhibit in the city we knew we had to go um so it was just incredible to see these artifacts that were at the bottom of the ocean like they had a window a full window from like the first class passenger lounge and it just had one tiny little crack in the bottom of it and it was just like this was like it just blows my mind that this was at the bottom of the ocean it was almost pristine the china the the silverware like they they restored it to like its original glory I guess you could say like it was just so fascinating and you know like I said, I thought I knew everything there was to know about it, but you know, even I learned some some stuff I'd never known before. And they talked about a lot of the passengers and their stories, and you know, and a lot of the, you know the artifacts too also came from the survivors who just happened to have stuff in their pockets or whatever. But um, but yeah, it was just it was just so incredible to see everything all laid out and then you know they kind of walked you through the sinking and um then then you know finding it and then at the end you know they kind of sum everything up and they were like you know the legend still lives on so in a way titanic has become unsinkable because you know people are still fascinated by it and still want to learn about it and so i thought that was a really nice way of you know kind of summing it up and because they, they do, they have all the names of all the people who died um, at the end. And so just to see the scale of the tragedy too, kind of brought it all home. And, you know, they had the, the ages and, you know, there were kids. And so that it was, it was, you know, a, a, a huge tragedy, but, you know, but the legend still lives on. So, um, so yeah, if you have a chance to go, I highly recommend it. It was it was just a great, great exhibit. Um, and yeah, like that was like, this is my childhood again, <laughs> coming back again, full circle. Like that was one of my passions. And now here I am able to, you know, see and like the real artifacts that I'd been reading about for so long. So that was, that was pretty cool. So thank you to my sister for my, for my Christmas present and, uh, going to see the Titanic exhibit in the city. Yeah. That's really, really cool. 
Um, I'd love to check that out sometime. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm going to the city this weekend. So who knows? Oh, so yeah, go check it out. Yeah. Definitely. Cause it's going to be there till the, um, to the end of the year. So oh, awesome. if you don't get there this weekend, there's plenty time. of time. Yes. But yeah. But if you have time, I would highly recommend going it's in union square. So it's not too far. It's not bad trying to get to it. Cool. That's awesome. Um, anyway, thank you so, so much, Jason, um, for coming on the podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, everybody go check out yes, pepper. Um, we're, we're, we were so excited to talk to Jason about this book. It's exactly what this podcast is all about. Inspiring women and girls who love baseball. So thank you, Jason. So, so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Um, it, it, we will be back with another episode in your feeds that is probably more Mets focused, uh, in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. Uh, we've got, uh, I feel like finally the, uh, all the header photos of the website will stop being Carlos Correa eventually. And we'll <laughs> start talking about other things. Um, and you'll, you can see all of that over at amazingavenue.com. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Surovich. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at A Pod of Their Own. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in Bunga.